Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Our New Year's Eve consisted of a lot of games and a lot of food. And it was good. Ate way too much. And then I had time, too. Uh, it's a, a smaller town, so we just kind of just enjoyed family time and all, but I had time to reflect and had time to start thinking about the new year. And as I thought about the new year and resolutions, I was sitting there, I remember one day, and I thought, you know what? This is going to be a good year. Uh, this year, I, I'm going to be, and not just one thing, I'm going to be more motivated. I, I'm going to be more adventurous than I was the year before. I'm going to be more organized. So for those of you who know me, that's a big one right there, if that happens. Follow through and focus and, uh, you know, just kind of old saying, it's going to be a new year and a new me. And so ready for it. Uh, and even with the organization, Katie's helped me have that. Do you guys even have that app, what is Evernote? Anybody got that? In the, no? Oh, we got one back in the back, Evernote. All righty. So... I'm going to be learning Evernote, and that's going to keep me organized and keep me going in the right direction. So you guys can encourage me and pray for me in that. When we talk about New Year's resolutions um, and a new year, basically I think we can put people into two groups, generally speaking. We have the dreamers, and then we have the realists. And for those of you who know Tara and I, I would be the dreamer, and she would be the realist. And uh, it's interesting how oftentimes those two uh, get together and kind of balance um, each other out. And entering a new year for a dreamer, we enter this and we're just like I share with you, we're like, this is going to be an incredible year. I can't wait. There's so many different opportunities and possibilities, uh, so much to do, so much to accomplish. Where the realists, for those of you who are realists, are sitting back saying... Um, didn't you say that last year? Which, that's yeah, true. Uh, and dreamers, I've heard it said, dreamers, if there's a word to describe dreamers, it would be wow. Again, wow, this is going to be awesome. I've also heard it said that the word to describe a realist is how. How are you going to do that? How is that even possible? And then there's my, some of you, I'm guessing, that are in this room that are really special. You have a little mixture of both. You'd say, I'm, not, I'm a little bit of a dreamer and I'm also a, a little bit of a realist. If you're either one or maybe you have your own category, um, what I want to do is I want to encourage all of us is to look at this new year uh, through the lenses of possibility through the lenses of possibility. If you start thinking about like uh, businesses and organizations um, and culture, most of the breakthroughs that happen are when a person or a small group of people get together and start talking about and really believing in po the possibility of what could be. You get this small group and they say, you know what, I think this is possible. Someone might say, I don't know if it is. And then they start thinking and they start doing it. And all of a sudden this it fuels the energy and the direction that, you know, it could be. So again, I want to encourage us as we enter this new year to look at it through the lens of possibility. And I want to give you a couple examples of what I'm, I'm talking about here. Um, the first one are two guys that really understood 
uh, the power, here we are up there, so you might know who these guys are, really understood the power and the impact of possibility. And uh, uh, as we look at Wilbur and Orville Wright, the Wright brothers, um, now these, they affected us, obviously with flying, so in direct or indirect way. Um, but these guys really had no business in learning how to fly. Um, I didn't know this until I read the book, but uh, they worked, they had a bicycle shop. So that doesn't help you a lot when you're flying. I guess if you do a jump, maybe. Um, and then also they uh, loved um, birds. So they loved watching birds and drawing birds. And so one day, one of them was, dry, was um, drawing a picture of a bird and he said to the other, to his brother, he said, I think it's possible if we harness the principles and dynamics of how to fly birds, how birds fly, that we can create something that people can fly in. And so again, this great book, it's titled The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. And he said this, he says, in no way did any of this discourage or deter Wilbur or Overwright any more than the fact that they had no college education, no formal technical training, no experience of working with anybody other than themselves, no friends in high places, no financial backers, no government subsidies, and little money of their own. Or the entire the entirely real possibility that at some point they could be killed. And they went for it anyway. And as they're doing this, the United States government had actually paid another man named Samuel Langley $70,000 to try to figure out how to fly, and he couldn't do it. The Wright brothers did it for less than $1,000. Another example, as we look through the lens of possibility, comes a little bit closer to home. Um, I can remember playing golf with Mark and started having the discussion uh, about what would it be like, what was the possibility of planning a church? And then I remember even on his back porch praying together about this possibility, about planning a church where folks who are unchurched or folks who had left the church um, would want to come to and wanted, would love to, to attend, a place where People could come and experience the joy of following Christ together. Soon after that, we had lunch with uh, two guy, gentlemen, Garth and Dave. Many of you have met Garth and Dave. Garth is the superintendent of, our, of the Mid-South. And Dave is, he's kind of the church planting guru. He, he coaches church plants, um, just as a wealth of knowledge under leadership and all that. So we met with them started talking more. They shared more with us about the, this denomination called the ECC. And as we learned about it, again, the possibility starts to become more and more real. And then as we we're talking about that, Tara and I and Jen and Mark are all continuing to pray about this. And, and one of the things that they do to help you along that line um, to see if you're a church planner is to go through this, what they call as a, a church planning assessment process. And so the four of us flew to Chicago, and it was kind of like speed dating. You'd sit in front of someone, and this group would ask you, like, theological questions. This group would ask you, what would you do in this situation? And uh, kind of going through it all and um, to see if you would be, in a sense, fit to plant a church, to see if your marriage would be healthy, um, and to see if this is where God is truly calling you at this time. 
And we came back from that process. And here we are today. And then the past four years, um, we had, we were going into this last, fourth year this last year, we looked at the possibility as a church of, of being financially self-sustaining. You see, the first three years as a church, um, the, the ECC supported us financially in, in some incredible ways. They've given $200,000 to our church to start up. So 100,000 of that came in the first year and then it got a little bit lower, lesser the, the next two years. During those first three years too, Mark and I also um, raised support and we had outside contributions helping the church. But as we entered 2019 and seeking to be financially, you know, independent in a sense, self-sustaining, um, those two streams of revenue were gone. But what's so awesome is how God has worked through all of you and that we finished 2019 in the black and, and we are self-sustaining. And I just want to take a second here to say thank you. Thank you for being so generous. Thank you for giving, not only financially, but uh, of your time and your talents. Uh, again, we probably don't say that enough, but I wanted to make sure to share that. Uh, Another one, I think, for the vine of possibilities, and there's a lot of them out there, but the last one I want to touch on is, is the possibility of having our own space in the future. How cool would that be? You know, uh, it was awesome to come in today with everything all set up. We just had to tweak some stuff. We'd have to do all the pipe and drape or all the kids' rooms or all that. Um, but, but, but that possibility, and, and it almost seems too big of a hurdle. As you all know well, the, the cost of land. So you think, how much land would it take and how much that would cost. And then if you bought the land, how are we going to have enough to build the, something on that land? Or, or what if we went into like uh, an old Toys R Us? And if anybody knows who owns that one, let me know. Uh, um, it's been vacant. What a great place that would be, right near Pine House. Uh, but, uh, but even with that, that's, that would take a lot, wouldn't it? And we love being here. The relationship we have at Covington is wonderful. But it is taxing. It does take a lot of people to, to make this happen every Sunday. So it's that possibility. And so a, as a staff and as a leadership team, we're praying about that. We're exploring it. And I want to invite you guys in that, in that with us to be praying for, for what God has for us in the future. Let's get a little bit more specific. What about you? What do you think is possible for you in this new year? Do you think it's possible for you to take steps to be more financially free? What might be possible for your marriage? What do you think might be possible for your health? What might be possible for your emotional life and for your spiritual life? What do you think is possible for you as we enter the new year? Now, these questions and many more we could go down that road are are good questions for us to ponder and to think about. But I think there's a far greater question that we need to be asking both personally and as a church. And that is, what does God think is possible for you in the new year? What does God think is possible for you in the new year? As I look out and Jill's right in front of me, and we can maybe, you know, if she put her name in there, like, Jill, what does God think is possible for Jill this new year? 
And as I see Tara over here, I'm like thinking, praying for Tara and for her to ask that question. What does God think is possible for Tara this year? And so that's a different way to frame this question. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? And here's a list of what I think that what is possible, God thinks is possible for you. Love is possible. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And you might be looking at that list, and many of you know it's very familiar to you. And uh, you might, oh, that's just a nice, sweet list. Um, but I think it's more, much more than just a nice, sweet list. I believe it's a, a really powerful list. For example, if your New Year's resolution is to get in better financial shape, what God thinks is possible is for God to generate self-control and faithfulness to be a better steward. Even patience, maybe when it comes to your spending habits. God believes that is possible. And I believe it's possible too. And there's different steps. I and mean, if we just use that financial one as an example, um, here in the new year, we've done this before, but we're gonna offer it again, Dave's Ramsey, Dave Ramsey's financial peace class. And Melody, who shared, did our announcement this morning, um, is gonna lead the class. And that'd be a great way to get with others, to be a part of that. But what does God wanna do there to help you? And maybe it's, maybe it's to get back in shape physically. Again, God can give you self-control, that's possible. Or maybe anxiety and depression are just battering you. And God believes that you can experience love and joy and peace that's available. Maybe it's patient. Maybe you're just impatient with the people in your life. God believes that patience is available for you. And again, this list is just is a powerful list of possibilities. Let me share you, with you now how God thinks this is possible. This list, as many of you know, comes from Galatians chapter 5. And I love the first five words, how it starts with, they're just... The fruit of the Spirit. Powerful words. The fruit of the Spirit. Again, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I also love the end of it. Against such things, there is no law. And the, the reason that God believes that these are possible for us to experience uh, in our lives is how this fruit is produced in our lives. You see, Jesus can produce this fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives through our relationship with Him. When we abide, when we walk with Him daily, He can produce this kind of fruit. And it's, we're here at the Vine not to introduce you to uh, a growing religion, but the vision here at the vine is to introduce you into a relationship, a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're following Jesus together. In John 15, uh, a part of scripture that has been just a cornerstone for our church is when Jesus spoke um, 
the word picture of being of a vine and branches. And he says here in verse 5, 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, Jesus is the vine. We as his followers are the branches. And God the Father is the gardener. And when we remain in Jesus, when we follow him with everything that we have and everything that we are. And when I started thinking about what does that mean, like to remain in him and to follow with everything, I thought of it this way. Maybe this is too simplistic, but this is how my mind worked. Is uh, I thought sometimes we fall in the trap of thinking of our faith as like a Lunchable. Everybody good with Lunchables? Little packs for kids, maybe adults like them too. Um, and so in a Lunchable, you get the little package and there's little compartments for everything, right? There's something for the little part for the cheese and a little part for the crackers and whatever treat that comes in it, but it's all separated for you. And sometimes we approach our, our faith and our relationship with Jesus. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you Sunday morning. Might even give you a, a little bit sometime during the week. But we don't really think about how does that relationship and how does he guide us in, at work when I'm making decisions? Or how does, how does remaining in, in, in Christ guide my relationships, my family, how I handle my finances? And so I think sometimes we look at it as lunchable, but I think what we need to be looking at it as is a pot pie, right? Think about that. A pot pie, it's all in there. It is all mixed together. And that's what our faith should be in Christ. It should cover every aspect. God, God wants to be involved in all parts of our lives. He knows everything. I love how when Andrew is leading us in the prayer of confession that, you know, it's such a powerful part. But when we come before the Lord to confess our sin, he already knows it. He's already forgiven us. And he loves us. Y'all, the, the, the parts that we need to be confessing, the parts where we stumble and fall, the, the parts where, um, you know, we just are struggling with, it's all mixed in there. It's mixed in there with the joy and the peace and the forgiveness and love. So, so think of that way. Be a pot pie, okay? Plus they're a lot tastier than Lunchables. And the good news, the good news, there's so much good news in here, is that, the pressure is not on us to produce this fruit. In a sense, the pressure is on God and Jesus to be the provider. And God promises to be faithful and, and, and to, to make us fruitful when we do what? When we remain in him. And as you stay connected, as you seek to stay connected throughout 2020, got to get used to saying that, right? Um, you, I believe at the end of the year, you can look back and see the fruit that God has produced. So let's put the fruit back up on the screen here. Um, and here's what I know is true about all of you, all right? Is that the people in your life want this fruit to be evident. And I also know that's true about me. The people in my life want that fruit to be evident. And I've been around Galatians chapter five, um, it seems like my whole life. So, you know, thank you, mom, for introducing me and come here with all the talks about it then. Um, but recently I had a, uh, a, a conversation with a friend of mine and 
he, he shared with me a, something about Galatians chapter five, exactly what I'm talking about, the fruit of the spirit, and it made a huge impact. Um, he said, you know, Ted, for the last few years, uh, this has had a big impact on my life. And the reason is, is I select one of the fruits of the spirit and I focus on that through the year. For example, what he shared with me was the last year he said, I focused on love, to, to love people better, better. And I was praying that God would do something in my heart where I would love those who are for me and I would love the people who, who are against me. And I want to love them. And, and I can't do that apart from Jesus. I want to be a more loving friend, father, and husband. And then he kept, went on to share what God had done this past year. And it was awesome. We just had a little celebration of what God had done in his life. And then he turned to me and he asked me the question. You're like, oh, here it comes. Um, he said, Ted, as you go into the next year, what do you think is the one fruit that he wants you to focus on? And isn't that a great question? And I want to pose that for us today. Which one of these pops out to you? And maybe one just jumps off that screen at you. But I want to encourage you even further is that, um, again, we talk about following Jesus together. And I believe that living in community, um, our faith just grows in such dynamic ways. And, and one way for this is not just making, you know, looking at this by yourself, but if you're married, talk to your spouse. And maybe ask them. I asked Terry the other day, hey, which one do you think for me that I need to focus on this year? If you're in a small group, ask the people in the group. You know, is there one or, or uh, maybe it's a friend, maybe even your kids. Sometimes our kids can be pretty uh, truthful about things and they, they could show us something on that. Which one to focus upon? So your homework assignment is, and I know I was talked to some of the students who are about to go back to school on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'm going to give you a homework assignment today. And that is for, again, to choose one of these to focus on. Um, and again, and then as a vine group, if you're part of a vine groups are our small groups. And if you're part of one, to, to share those with each other so you can cheer each other on and you can keep each other accountable. And if you're not part of a small group or maybe you're newer to the vine, um, really strongly encourage you to be a part of one. Most of them are going to kick off next Sunday. And as Melody was sharing at the welcome table out there, there's also a board of different groups that you can be a part of. And so to start thinking about being a part as one of those. So back to me, uh, when I asked Tara, started with that and I'll ask, I'll ask friends as well. Um, and the one that God just made definite when I was praying uh, for me, and that one for me is self-control. So for 2020, I'm going to be focusing on self-control. Um, and it might sound silly to some of you, but for me, I need self-control when I'm watching a basketball game. I don't say kind things to the TV, to the coach or the players. Um, so I need to do that. Um, I am not, uh, I'm doing better, but I'm not very self-controlled when it comes to driving. I feel like a lot of the people in Austin don't think the way I think and go as fast as I think they should be going. So I need control there. Um, Self-control with finances. Again, a, what do you think a dreamer loves to do? Let's spin, let's go. I need a little self-control there. And those are just a few. You can probably think, hey, Ted, I can give you a few more. So let me know those afterwards. But um, those are the ones I'll be focusing on. Again, if we're gonna uh, 
get to December 31st of this coming year, which I know seems like a long ways away, um, I want to pick one, and here's what we got to do. And what I want to share with you now is just an incredible, I believe, invitation. And that is that you and I, we choose one, and then we have to be dependent upon Jesus like never before. If anything is going to change in our life, it's not going to be because, oh, I'm just a really good person, or I'm really smart, or um, any of that, or I'm going to try really, really, really hard this year. You know, you can, if you go that route, like most New Year's resolutions, you can get a little bit of the way right, and maybe see a little change, um, but not nearly to the extent of what Jesus can do in your life. So I want all of us to be just focusing and on clinging to Jesus, remaining in him, again, on a daily basis, being those pot pies, letting it cover everything in our life. Because if there's gonna be the fruit of the spirit of self-control more evident in my life, I'm gonna have to be that dependent upon Jesus. Jesus tells us in scripture that all things are possible through him. That includes change and transformation and fruit, fruit that lasts to be evident in our lives. You know, if it's addiction that has a stronghold on you um, and you need self-control, again, Jesus says it's possible. If relationships, if your relationships are being wrecked, not only because maybe being impatient, but being of hatred or just words that shouldn't come out of your, your mouth or in your heart. Jesus says love is possible. If it's worry and anxiety, uh, depression is just a heavy burden that you carry. Jesus says peace and joy are possible for you. I love it when he says, come to me, those of you who are heavy burdened, lay them before me and I will give you rest. Again, the question is, what does God think is possible for you in the new year? And the answer again is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So choose one, share it with others in your life, and let's go on this journey together and see what Jesus can do this year.